0: Hare Krishna. It's a great honor to be with all of you today. I'm very, very grateful. And um, I hope that I'm able to say something of value for all of you today. <laughs> Namum Padaya, Krishna Prashtaya Bhutade Shrimati Bhaktivedanta Swami Tinamine Namaste Saraswati Devi Guravani Pracharide Nirgashesha Shunyavadi Vadi Vastachande Jashī Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sivasabhi Gaurabhaktarita Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare So I'm very grateful that everybody could join us today on a Friday. That's sometimes hard for people. It's very nice. Um, this whole when I decided we were going to do this talk, the question of, you know, what we wanted to talk about. And one thing that's really relevant to all of us in our day-to-day lives certainly is, is making the right choice. And in any position, how do we make that right choice? First of all, how do we know what the right choice is? And then sometimes we know what the right choice is, but we don't have the desire to make that right choice sometimes. We, we sometimes take the easy way out because the right thing, at least in the short term, may not always be the easy thing. So in my uh, work as an astrologer, that's something we always come across in helping people make uh, the choices that help them in the long term. So before we start talking about this in a little more detail, I wanted to tell a story. And this is the story of Maharaj Parikshit. Parikshat Maharaj is the grandson of Arjuna. Arjuna, if anybody, if you have, you have newer people here, Arjuna is the friend and cousin of Krishna, who when the Bhagavad Gita was spoken, the main discussion was between Krishna and Arjuna. So Maharaj Parikshat was his grandson. About 5,000 years ago, right at the end of uh, Dvapar Yuga, the beginning of Kali Yuga, Maharaj Pariksha was the king of the entire world. Bharat Varsh at that time included the entire earth planet. He was young, he had all influence and power, very well educated from the most prominent family present on the earth at that time. Uh, He was in every way at the top of the world. And materially, if we looked at him, he, there's nobody in the world today with all their fame or fortune or wisdom or knowledge. You put them all together and they still wouldn't equal to who Maharaj Bariksit was. So Maharaj Bariksit was the king. And as the king, he ruled his citizens very wisely, always taking care to make sure every single citizen was happy and healthy and living the life that brought them closer to Krishna, that made them happy. We don't see leaders doing that now. Leaders now are looking out for their own uh, benefit. But the kings of the old days, the Raja Rishis, their duty in life was to take care of their citizens. So Maharaj Pariksit, one day, he was out hunting. And when he was out hunting, he became very, very tired and he became very, very thirsty, which is unusual for him to be so fatigued. So he came to an ashram. An ashram is like uh, the home of a holy man. And there he saw Shamika Rishi, who's uh, who's a great sadhu, and he was meditating. And he asked the sadhu to give him some water. But because he was such in deep meditation, Shamika Rishi didn't hear what he said. The king, became a little upset and thought that he was being insulted. So he took a dead snake and he put it around the Muni's neck, it like an insult, and he left. Later on, he realized he made a big mistake, but at that time, that's what he did. So when the Rishi's son, Shringi came home and he saw what had happened to his father, he became very angry. And in his anger, a Brahmin's anger can be very powerful. He cursed Rakshif Maharaj that in seven days you're going to die. Just like that, from being at the top of the world, from being at the peak of existence materially, if you wish to think of it in that way. And in seven days he is going to die. So, if any of us in our position were, in that, uh, were told that we are going to die in seven days, it would be quite bewildering. It would be something that uh, would bring us to the very core of ourselves to understand who we are, what we want. And in that situation, there are many different reactions people can have. I've unfortunately been in the position to tell people as a physician that You know, you're going to die within two months, six months, a year. So people take it in many different ways. So what did Pariksha Maharaj do? What did he do in that situation? He didn't become angry. He didn't become disturbed. He took this as a great blessing in his life from Krishna. And he took this with gratitude and appreciation. He took the most difficult event in his life, and he took it with great happiness. He went to the bank of the Ganga, and at the bank of the Ganga, Sukadeva Goswami came and he spoke to him what now we know to be the Srimad Bhagavatam. He asked him, what is the duty of someone who is going to die? What is it that I am supposed to do with the rest of my life, with these seven days? And as Sukadev Goswami spoke to him for seven days, he with rapt attention, not sleeping, not eating, not drinking, just listening to what needed to be done. Now in any difficult situation, we all hope that we would react in a very good way. Um, He had a choice just like we do in any situation. We had a choice his choice was how he was going to deal with his difficulty. So when we look at it, the characteristics with which he dealt with his situation. He dealt with it with acceptance, appreciation, detachment, tolerance, gratitude, courage, determination, controlling his mind understanding the nature of the material world and with gravity, with seriousness and also the taking this difficulty and turning it into an opportunity, not just for himself, but for all of us because all of these people we read about in the Srimad Bhagavatam or in any holy scriptures all over the world, they're examples, they're role models for us to see what we would do in our life in that situation. So, the question becomes, how do we develop these qualities that Maharaj Pariksit has? And then how do we make good choices based on these qualities? Most of us in the material world, when we have difficulties, not even the difficulty of death coming to us, but even small difficulties come, small impediments in our life. We usually react, the first thing is, oh my God, why me? Why is this happening to me? Does the universe hate me that this problem is coming to me? No matter how big or small, because we consider ourselves to be the center of everything. And if we're the center of the universe and we get perturbed or we have something that interferes with us being the center of the universe, we become angry. So bewilderment, anger, fear, lashing out, are common things. When the problems become a little more serious, depression, anxiety, even suicide, or hope to end your misery through suicide, even if you don't go through with it. Uh, A lack of control in the mind, and I guess the best word to use is bewilderment. That's what Probot uses. That we become bewildered. That the mind is just going in a thousand different directions and saying, this is happening, that's happening, my life is over, everything is ending. It can get fairly severe for people. Um, certainly, we generally don't have the feelings of gratitude and appreciation. That Oh, I'm so grateful that this is happening to me. Uh, and I appreciate that this is happening to me. So the qualities that we want to have are not the qualities we generally do have. So the first question is, how do we develop these qualities? There's several answers to that question, but the first and most important question is that, the most important answer is that if we don't understand who we are, We cannot develop the qualities necessary to help ourselves grow. We cannot develop to make the right choices. If we don't understand what is real success and failure, what is our true wealth, what is happiness and what is distress, if we don't understand those things, then we're not gonna make the choices to bring those to us. Happiness is natural, every being wants to be happy. That's the nature of the soul itself, it's meant to be happy. So in this world, when we run into difficulties that we feel are not giving us happiness, we become a little bit upset. So how do we develop these good qualities? That's a very, very important question. How do we become someone who can react to difficulties like Maharaj Pariksha? How can we become courageous and determined and bold and active and honorable and fearless and accepting and determined? How can we become tolerant and more important than anything else? How can we, through difficulties, through challenges, become grateful become appreciative and seek Krishna's hand in everything that happens, good or bad. And understand in the end, once we give our life to God's hands, that there are no reversals in life. Everything is, if we allow it to, is bringing us closer and deeper to our true path. The uh, most important way for us to become the person who can make the proper choices in our life is to start in the process of bhakti, start in the process of devotional service. So devotional service purifies us. If you think of the mind, and the mind is like a mirror, and if that mirror is all covered in dirt and dust We don't clearly see ourselves as we are. We're seeing somebody who's not a reflection of our true self. When we begin the process of bhakti, we begin to clear the mind. We begin to remove all those lifetimes of built up grime and dirt on that mirror. And then we can finally see who we are. And the question is, how do we do that? That's the question we all have. How do I do that? How do I learn? through difficulties to grow? How do I learn to make the choices that I need to, to to grow and become stronger? Not just bounce from one problem to another to another to another and my entire life goes by and all I'm doing is dealing with one problem after the next and reacting to it. The process of bhakti, there's nine processes of devotional service that we use to help us grow. The most important things are hearing and chanting. And in addition to that, the association of like-minded people. Um, If we chant japa, we listen to kirtan, we go to the temple, we hear people speak about, you know, Krishna or all these great devotees from Srimad Bhagavatam. If we hear Krishna's name over and over again, what happens is that the mind begins to purify all those layers that are covering us begin to slowly dissipate. So what are the things that are covering us? What are the bad things in our heart that are preventing us from making the proper choices? And they're preventing us basically from being truly happy and truly free. We all want to be happy and we want to be free. But the only way to attain true happiness and true freedom is to let go of all the things that are holding us back, all the things that, are our attachments. So what do we give up? The things we give up naturally as we turn closer toward bhakti is we give up lust and anger and greed and envy and arrogance. And those things are replaced by love and gratitude and appreciation and happiness and courage. So the process of Chanting and hearing, associating with other devotees, this is the process by which we can begin to purify our life. If you um, imagine is Houston close to the ocean Houston is not where is Houston? Is it uh, middle of the middle of the state?
1: Uh, yeah, about an hour from the coast
0: from okay, the not bad not bad. so if you imagine going to the ocean okay if you go to the ocean. You see the waves, the waves are constantly coming and they're hitting against the rocks. The rocks are our life. And the the waves are all the problems that continuously come into our life. Can be a health problem, a financial problem, a job problem, a relationship problem, a mental problem. It can be a whole range of things. Somebody criticizes us. We are cheated in our work or by a business partner. We have some difficulty with our parents, our uh, family member or somebody close to us dies. The list of reversals and difficulties life is unending. So those are like the waves of the ocean, life after life, they keep coming. If we go under the surface of the ocean, go deep under the surface of that ocean, what you have there is a constant current that is flowing. That current is your relationship with Krishna that is always there waiting for you. If we go deep underneath and we connect with that current, on the surface, the problems are still going on, but they don't affect us in the same way because we're living at a deeper level. So it means that we still deal with our problems at a practical level, but no matter what the result, We internally, and at our deepest level of existence, we don't change. So when the inevitable storms of life come, we can deal with them in a way that doesn't shake us, that doesn't break us, and we can get through them, actually with an attitude of gratitude. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it's uh, it just a way to get through things with an understanding of our place in the world. When difficulties come into our life, if we can understand that Krishna is the center and every difficulty that comes, Krishna is using it to bring us closer to him, to break our attachments in this world and understand that our true home is eternal, It's in a place full of bliss and joy where we will always be happy. Then we can weather those storms and we weather them the same way Maharaj Pariksit did with tolerance, gratitude, appreciation, control, and a lack of fear. In fact, with courage that when problems come, we will deal with these as well as we can. And in the end, we give our life to Krishna's hands. The biggest biggest difficulties that come when dealing with problems are actually the difficulties from our own mind. The mind is telling us when difficulties come that no, you shouldn't have this problem or try to give this problem to somebody else so you don't have to deal with it. Or it tells you to be fearful or it tells you to be angry. When we start following the process of bhakti, the mind calms down. We start listening more to our intelligence, which uh, can guide us a little better than the mind can. The mind will take us in many different directions. In the Bhagavad Gita 6.34, Arjuna is talking to Krishna. He says, That the mind is very difficult to control is more difficult to control, byureva more difficult to control than the wind. So this is Arjuna, a great king from the dvapara Yuga saying this. And for us, it's more difficult than that. But as we chant, as we follow this process that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given us, we learn to control the mind in a way that it becomes our friend. And when it tries to take us off in these wild directions, we, uh, can bring it back, calm it down, and listen to our intelligence. And at a deeper level, listen to the super soul and understand that all our difficulties are simply distractions on our path back to Krishna, and we use them to bring ourselves closer. We, we all have the tendency to be a little bit complacent. So until we develop difficulties, until we develop problems, we sometimes just stay at the surface in our bhakti or in our life. It's only when we develop some serious uh, difficulties to deal with that we have to decide, you know, how we're going to live our life. In material life, the propaganda in the entire world is that money means happiness. Having a beautiful home or a beautiful spouse and honor and respect This is happiness. Um, That success means having lots of money or being the CEO of a company or those type of things. But actually true happiness and true success, if we look at the Shastras, at the scriptures, is actually through giving our life as an instrument, as an instrument of kindness and compassion in this world. God's kindness and compassion is there for all of us. We just have to choose to be the instrument through which that compassion is given. Srila Prabhupada was an old man when he came to the West. He could have lived very comfortably the rest of his life in India and been very well respected and honored by all of those around him. Instead, for all of us, for the entire world, his great compassion and kindness He took the step of coming to the West, to Boston Harbor, and then to New York, and then to San Francisco, and then to the rest of the world. He bought that message that saved all of us. His compassion and kindness, and then the compassion and kindness of all his disciples that came after him, um, is the reason that many of us have a chance to live a free and happy life. And that happiness is not because we have problems or don't have problems. We're happy and we're free because we've been able to understand what this life means at a deeper level, to understand that we are eternally a spirit soul and this material world is not our home, that difficulties will come. But when those difficulties come, if we're able to make the right choice when we have a problem, we will be going in the right direction headed home. If you think of the material world as an ocean in general, um, and we're trying to get to the dry land. When we have a problem, material world, everybody's going to get wet. You're in the ocean, you're going to get wet. But when you have that problem, if you start swimming toward the shore, which is by making the right choices, then eventually all these problems will go away. But if we go in the other direction, the problems will keep coming, one after the other, after the other. We we have to allow Krishna to use the karmas of our life to bring us closer to him. One thing that when I do my astrological readings, it always comes up, is the effect of Saturn and the effect of Rahu and the effect of Ketu; These are malefic planets uh, that can have a difficult effect on people's lives. But one thing when people are going through a difficult Saturn period or a difficult Ketu period that we talk about is that this is actually a chance to understand the nature of who we are and use that to delve deeper into our own life. Delve deeper, live stronger, and be free. This is our chance to chant at a deeper level, to read at a deeper level, to become the person that we are always meant to be. But sometimes we're too afraid to do it ourselves or too comfortable to do it ourselves. And Krishna gives us those chances to come closer to him through those difficulties because that's the only time that we're willing break our attachments or maybe sometimes Krishna breaks those attachments for us and allows us to see what this world is like at those times we can go deeper into our spiritual life and we can become very very powerful simply by allowing Krishna's will to go through us because when we surrender to Krishna through difficulties then what happens is that what we call the grace of God His mercy comes through us. And through that grace, we become empowered to become stronger and better devotees, to become stronger and better human beings, to understand that this world, if we use kindness and compassion, can become a place where anybody who's having problems can overcome them, not with medicines. And, you know, my... 20 years in medicine, we prescribe prescriptions for depression, for anxiety, for so many things. But in the end, if they have some understanding of their place in the world uh, and they can go a little bit deeper in their life, there'll be no need for these types of things, at least for most people. So if we can always look at Maharaj Pariksha's story, and of course, there's many other similar devotees in the Bhagavatam you can look at. uh, and in the modern day, among so many wonderful devotees who are out there who've gone through great difficulties. If we can look at life through the eyes of being a devotee, that we are not the center of the universe, but Krishna is always looking at us and loving us and doing everything he can to bring us back home. And we don't always see the big picture. We have a difficulty and You know, sometimes somebody gets a serious health problem where they lose all their money or they lose their job or they're dishonored. If we look and see that Krishna is using that to bring us back home and allow him to guide us, then the situation will be looked at completely differently than if we put ourselves in the center. If we put Krishna in the center, we see that he's just clearing our path to come back home. If we put ourselves in the center, all we see is turbulence and storms around us. So associate with devotees. The more time we spend with other devotees, they give us courage, they give us strength. And then when our mind becomes a little bewildered or it doesn't think straight, they can help us um, keep our mind focused on Krishna. So associate with devotees, chant and read. If we can do these things, gradually the heart becomes purified, the mind becomes purified, and our journey home, our journey back to Godhead, becomes a joyful experience even through the greatest of difficulties. Now is there, is there a way that any of us when our mind is uncontrolled? Is there a way that we can make better choices? The best thing to do when we're in a serious situation, say somebody's been diagnosed with a bad health problem, or a young family has lost their job and source of income, or somebody has developed COVID infection and they become very sick as in the hospital. The best way to make choices at that time is to reach out to people who are your seniors, like your gurus your shikshagus, people who you turn to for knowledge. Associate with them, take their guidance. That's actually the most important thing to do during a difficulty, is to turn to those who are your seniors um, and allow them to give you guidance through shastra and how we come closer to Krishna through any difficulty. Um, I was once told, this is a proverb, that if you're about to be stabbed, it's better to grab the dagger by the hilt than by the blade. So a difficulty is gonna come, but try to make it less painful by surrendering and taking the guidance of others through that difficulty. Now I will stop there and I will uh, see if there's any questions or anything like that at this point or comments, reflections, anything that may be there. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. All right, thank you.
1: Um so in this in, in like a system of Vedic astrology, um like is that a system of like predeterminism? Or is it because I don't know anything about it, is or is it more so that you can glean some uh idea of influences? Like, That's
0: a very good question. What's your name, bro? Uh Charles. It's a very good question. So astrology can give you specific answers for questions. But at the same time, in some cases, it gives you general indications. So for example, I did a reading for somebody a couple of weeks ago and they asked me, what happened in this one week in 2019? And I was able to tell her exactly what happened in that one week to her. and. Later in the reading, she said, oh, what am I going to do in this one particular year? And several different possibilities came up. So you discuss them all. And then our karma guides us to that particular thing. So it's both things can come. So you can give very specific answers to things, uh, most certainly, Uh, but then at the same time, you can uh, see some things more as a general guidance that is gonna manifest in a few different ways for that person.
1: All
0: right,
1: thank you. You're welcome. Prabhu, I wondered how much does bhakti or devotional service affect our karma and change it? And what would be the factor that would have more influence
0: in that regard? That is also a very, very wonderful question. Um, Krishna can always change our karma. If you imagine that normally our karma is an action and reaction process, if we throw a ball against the wall, it's going to come back to us in the exact same way in this life or the next or the next after that. When uh, we become a devotee or we start following the path of bhakti, what happens is that we throw the ball against the wall but Krishna catches it and that he throws it back to us in a way that is going to allow us to come closer to him. So that's what happens when you become a devotee. So karma is still there, but Krishna takes that karma and uses it to bring us back home. And at that point, we have a choice. When those difficulties come, we have a choice. We can be like Maharaj Pariksha and surrender and accept, or we can be like someone like Ravan, who when uh, the time came, he made all the wrong choices in his life, or Hiranyakashi, who also made the wrong choices um, because of attachment and ego and arrogance. Uh, But as we become devotees and we slowly surrender, all those anarthas, all those unwanted things within the heart start to dissipate. And uh, Krishna will use everything in his power to bring us back home to him. And that's ultimately, whether we see it or not, um, that's his ultimate mercy. That's his ultimate kindness upon us to break our attachments. And it's very painful for us. And we may not see it that way. And sometimes it's the help of other people around us who help us see that, okay, the difficulties you're going through, this is the greatest blessing in your life. And this is bringing you back to Krishna. If Srila Prabhupada hadn't gone through the difficulties he went through in his life, in his family life or with his business, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today, any of us. Um, So we have to look at these difficulties uh, as the greatest. You don't necessarily have to, you can look at it as a blessing, or you can just look at it as an opportunity to come closer to Krishna. But at each time, it's a choice. We have a choice whether we're going to act this way or that way. In any situation, we choose how we are going to react to the problem. So we can react to it with courage and tolerance and acceptance and gratitude, or we can react to it with anger and fear and bewilderment and just a sense of despondency. So it's always our choice. but Krishna can definitely change your karma that is present in the astrological chart. absolutely. Thank, thank
1: you. Jai Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Farewell. Uh-huh. Uh, Vanchakapa and, and all glories of the of devotees. I have a question for you, Prabhu. As you see, I, I'm in a black body the question is is it from karma in america so far as the the, the blacks being un, you know this all this unjudgment, is it collectively that we had our boots on someone's neck in previous lives or, or births and it uh, i i try to preach to uh the black devotees but i mean uh black people in black bodies but you know they believe in the Holy Bible 99% of them but how do I relay that collectively is this some karmic retribution
0: karma is is a very complicated topic Um, the most important thing in a situation like this what's going on right now in the in the country is at least when I talk to people, is not so much focus on past karma, but focus on what choice we're going to make now. Um, the choice that uh, those policemen made to put their boots on somebody's neck, that's a choice they made, okay? They made the wrong choice. Um, they chose to kill that man, Mr. Floyd. They chose to neglect everything going on around them when they saw things were happening that were wrong. Uh, so they made the wrong choice. So for that choice, there are consequences. If we get into going too deeply into why this happened to this person or why it happened to that person, that uh, is a topic that's so complicated that it's not... Uh, It's not going to help in our spiritual life really to focus on that. So focusing on what's the choices that were made and what do we do in this current situation? Uh, What's the right thing to do now that this has happened? Our choice in this situation is to be courageous, to be strong, to be fearless and fight against injustice as much as possible. Whether we get our empowerment through Krishna or we get our empowerment through Jesus, in the end, everything comes through Krishna. Uh, Jesus was empowered by Krishna to do the things that he did. So as long as when the situation comes up, this one or many that have come up in the past and will come up in the future, focus on what am I going to do now? How am I going to not just encourage myself, and the people around me, but the society as a whole to say we need to stand up and do something because this is the wrong thing. And the only way we do that is to have a deeper understanding of our own spiritual life. And if we have a deeper understanding of who we are, we can give that understanding to other people. And not everybody is ready to accept that uh, you know, Krishna is guiding their life and that's all you need to do. There's some people who, they don't want to chant. They they do worship Jesus. And so they should worship him with their full heart. And they should live a life that Jesus wants them to live as true Christians. And, and I'm sure as you've seen in the world, there's very few true Christians, uh, as there are true people of any religion. But there are people who do surrender uh, to the will of God. And when they live that proper life, surrender to the will of God not being attached to their own position or wealth, just to doing the right and proper thing in any situation. Anybody who shows those same characteristics that Maharaj Bariksha showed of acceptance and courage and honor and appreciation and gratitude through any difficulty, they're empowered by God to do these things. So all of those type of people, whatever their religion may be, should look at this as a calling to step together and stand up for what's the right thing. So don't focus so much, at least my humble opinion, is that when I talk to people, and this certainly comes up in my astrological readings, I talk to them more about uh, making the right choice now than trying to worry about why this happened. Don't worry about the why, uh, at least from your previous life karma, Don't worry about, what we do now in this situation. And that's been the best way to reach people.
1: Jai, thank you, Prabhu.
0: I hope that helps. Yes, Prabhu, thank
1: you. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare
2: Krishna. Uh, so Prabhu, we talk about, like, you know, focusing our mind more on the Krishna, uh, and, you know, we have to do, um, like, try to develop the spiritual qualities, becoming more like transcendental. So does it mean that we don't need to, no need to, like, you know, focus on our our day-to-day duties? There are so many things that, you know, that kind of engage our mind in like so many other things that you know we have to pay up like that those are our responsibilities duties relatives and all those things so these are two different things we cannot do both the things same time right we can if we try to focus so much into the other problems we cannot do the spiritual thing same time if we, I mean we cannot neglect those things right that is what I'm trying to say so how can we balance it out?
0: Mataji well, that's a very good question um, it's a Actually, as we become deeper in our spiritual life, our material and spiritual life are the same. They're not different. Because our material life, its foundation is our spiritual life. If everything we do, at every moment that we do it, we see that we are doing this as our duty to Krishna. If we have a family and they're not devotees, or we have to work and we work with people who are not devotees. But if we live always in that devotional mood, we will be able to do all our duties in a much more perfect way. So don't think of your material life as separate from your spiritual life. As I became a devotee and as many people become devotees, you're actually able to do your work better. You're able to see that, okay, in my office work where I, you know, work on a computer. Because I'm a devotee, my mind is clear. I'm actually able to take care of the things my boss needs or my co-workers need in a much better way. I'm able to um, to live my life as a devotee in a much deeper way. Srila Prabhupada would always say that there can be two people working in a factory. One can be a devotee and one's not a devotee. and even though they look like they're doing the same thing, uh, their lives are completely different because the consciousness is completely different. So whatever work you may do, you may work in IT, you may be a doctor, you may be an engineer, you may be a garbage man, you may you know, be a police officer, whatever work you do, if it's done in a consciousness of Krishna is the center of my life, I am not this body, and then that work you're doing is perfect. And you do it fully and you do it completely and you don't neglect it. And that will be part of your spiritual life. But as long as Krishna is the foundation, uh, we do it as best we can. In every situation, we just, uh, you know, where, where we sometimes think, oh, if I do this, is this Krishna conscious or is this not? We just make the best decision in that particular situation using our intelligence and try not to take too much anxiety over it. We just do the best we can. And Krishna will give us the intelligence to get through all of those problems. But there's no, in the end, your material life and your spiritual life are the same. Or they can be the same. Does that answer your question? Or
2: Yes, Babaji, yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Hare Krishna Prabhu, yes, um, for for newcomers to the the path of
2: bhakti, um, what are maybe you know the, the top three things? Um, you know, I know you mentioned chanting, reading, um, and association. Um, in addition to that, I guess
1: um, are there other other um, practices or tips that you could give.
2: Um, for us to um, starting, start to develop the qualities of a devotee um, to have this. Okay. Um, this Very
0: good question. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the most important thing, as you mentioned, bro, is be in the association of devotees. Be in the association of people who are like-minded. If, you're, um, if you have a television and you tune it into a certain channel, whatever channel you tune it into, that's going to be going through your mind. So if you tune it into a channel that's all, you know, um, sports or violent movies or those, that's how you're going to think. If you tune it into things that are about bhakti or about nature or National Geographic, you know, it's going to tune you into a different thing. If you watch some, movies that may not be so good, it's gonna also affect your mind. I'll just say it that way. Um, so all of these things, we have to tune our, tune our mind. And the way we tune our mind is through the association of other devotees. So that is certainly the first and most important thing. Hearing and chanting, uh, I speak of always, simply because this is a Yuga Dharma for this age. That means that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, in the 1500s in the Bengal area. What he said is that chant the names of Krishna and if you chant, this will purify you. And for the Kali Yuga, this is the most important thing. For this age, this Kali Yuga age lasts 432,000 years. We've done about 5,000 of it. Uh, So this is very important for this age. So those are the most fundamental things uh, that we can do and they're relatively easy. And you know, chanting means going to kirtan, listening to CDs, uh, doing japa on your beads, uh, reading, uh, certainly very important. And reading is probably the next most fundamental thing is to read Srila Prabhupada's books, is to try to read, You know, if you haven't read anything else, read the Bhagavad Gita, then Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, all of these kind of books are also very important. So as we study the lives of the great devotees, as we uh, read more, then we'll realize where we're attracted. And then if there's certain areas where we're attracted, then we can focus more on that. Some people like to sing. Some people like to give classes. Some people like to write. So you'll find the areas that attract you. But as long as we keep the association and shelter of devotees and seek to them for guidance, uh, we will continue to grow. But those are the most fundamental processes.
2: Very good. Thank you, Babu. I
1: have a question on being astrology. Where the knowledge how it was it gained? Was it gained through telescopes or through revelation? Is it?
0: The, the, the Vedic astrology is actually present in the Vedas. So this was from the time of Vedvyas. Uh, and actually, the father of astrology is Bhrigu Muni. So he gave like the Brighu Samhita and all these other books. Uh, so this was all by revelation. And certainly, uh, If you look at the astronomy of astrology, the the sages from thousands of years ago had such an intricate and detailed knowledge of the movement of planets, the different constellations, the day and the night movement of the sun and the moon to an incredible degree, but it came through revelation. And then uh, later people also confirmed it through their own uh, scientific observations.
1: Thank you. Uh, One last question. Uh, How does Ayurvedic approach to medicine complement or differ from allopathic?
0: So Ayurveda looks at uh, Ayurvedic medicine and Western medicine are different, okay? They look at treating the root cause of the problem, that there's imbalances within your body that need to be fixed. And we'll work on fixing those imbalances. Uh, And also understanding very deeply the connection between the body and the mind. How living an unbalanced life, life with too much stress, too much worry, overwork, taking in unhealthy food that's unhealthy for your own particular body, and understanding that when those things come out of balance, uh, you get illnesses. Western medicine, though it has some understanding of some dietary needs that people need to follow, basically, in the end, doesn't look at the underlying cause of a problem. It, uh, it's much more of an impersonal, mechanistic approach at, does not really so much pay attention to the mind and focuses only on taking care of the body. Somebody comes into my office and they have high blood pressure. We give them some high blood pressure medicine and they're done. You know, Nobody's looking uh, to um, say, okay, why do you have high blood pressure? Let's, what's the stress going on in your life? What's going on with your wife? What are your kids doing? Uh, why is your diet so bad? What, what happened 20 years ago? when you were younger, that's now blocking you from growing in your life. I mean, this deep rooted things that Western medicine simply is unaware of addressing uh, because it's not how they're trained. And Ayurvedic medicine can look at a lot of these things at a deeper level.
1: Thank you for a short, concise answer.
0: You're welcome. But
2: just, one more question hello
0: yes mataji yes. yes
2: so prabhu you explained that you know it's um, karma is like you know your ball that you throw on the wall and it kind of bounces back to you but when you are in krishna consciousness krishna is the other side of there and then he catches the ball and he throw it in such a way that will help us to make a progress in krishna consciousness right so for devotees as it does astrology make any um, i mean is it is it useful at all? Because as you are explaining that, you know, the Krishna is catching that ball and he is throwing it in such a way that it will help us to make a progress in our spiritual life. So I'm trying to understand that, is it like astrology, Do, does, does devotee really need to worry about the astrology or make their astrological chart or anything?
0: That's, um, that's a good question. I have many devotees who come to me to get their astrological charts done. Uh, As we get deeper and deeper into our spiritual life, Krishna takes more and more control. Uh, When we are beginning, um, at more of the superficial level, um, there's still that, uh, there's still that, um, let's see, the best way to put this. We are still controlling our own karma to some degree by our actions. But as we become deeper in our spiritual life, Krishna takes more and more control. So is it worthwhile to do it? Uh, yes, it's still worthwhile to do a reading. But at some point, it can become uh, less accurate for devotees than for non-devotees. So Krishna does take control of that. But still, many people still get the readings done. And for the most part, uh, you're still getting... Uh, things manifest, what happens is that karma still comes, but people take it from Krishna in the right way and grow through it, rather than just suffering through it.
2: So you're trying to say that my situation you know, that's going to come will be the same, but my approach to address that will be different.
0: Uh, it depends, it's not always like that, uh, sometimes, The same situation comes, but through Krishna's grace, we respond to it in a different way. And sometimes uh, the situation does not come at all. Or if Krishna wishes, the situation comes worse than is in the astrological chart. So this I see fairly often. There's people where in their astrological chart, everything looks wonderful. And then all of a sudden they get hit by something heavy Who are devotees, especially happens with devotees. Um, So that's where Krishna is intervening. So yes, Krishna can do anything. Uh, He can make our karma better. He can make it worse. Uh, Whatever he needs to do to bring us closer to him. Thank you, Guruji. Yes, so it's not so, it's never black and white. Krishna can be very tricky because he wants us to come back home. So he'll do whatever, whatever he needs to to bring us back home to him. It's scary sometimes. <laughs> no, no, no not, not scary at all. Our mind, our mind may think it's scary, but uh, my Guru Maharaj once said that if we understood what's ahead of us on the path of bhakti, even when we're going through difficulties, we would roll around on the ground crying because we would understand how much mercy we are receiving. So this is never scary. It may feel scary to our mind, but the path of bhakti is the most wonderful thing because it's like when your child is sick and you have to give them medicine when they're little and they freak out and they cry and all these things. Um, But you give them the medicine because you know it's the best thing for them and they may hate you for it at the moment or they may not understand why someone who loves them so much is doing that to them but in the end, it's good for them. Uh, This is the same way when we get difficulties, we have to turn those difficulties into opportunities for growth. The other example that's given is uh, like if somebody is weaving a tapestry or making, you know, a nice uh, artistic tapestry in that way. And that's what Krishna is doing in our life. And we, we're only seeing the back side of the tapestry, but there's all the knots and the long strings and we're not seeing how it's properly being made. So we only see the difficult side. But Krishna is weaving this wonderful tapestry in all of our lives to bring us closer to him, to make sure that we grow and we come back home, that we don't stay in this material world. Because Bhagavad Gita says, "Ah, brahma, bhubana, loka, Arjuna," arjuna, Brahma's planet down to the lowest. This is a place where you continue to come back. That when we turn to Krishna, then we don't come back to this world. But until then, whether you're you know, the king of you know, Qatar or whatever rich countries out there, Saudi Arabia, or you're living in a slum in Mumbai, uh, Our difficulties and problems are all the same. I can tell you, for the people I do readings for, everybody in this material world is suffering. Some difficulty is there. Health problem, legal problem, sometimes people's life is perfect from the outside. And they come and you realize how much they suffer. You see this huge number of suicides, you know, famous people, rich people who look like they have everything. They're killing themselves. Why? Because they're suffering in this material world. So we have a chance as devotees to see that suffering in our own lives and grow through it. And this, we have to be able, we've been given the opportunity through the grace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Srila Prabhupada that this is the greatest opportunity to transform our life that every reversal and every difficulty is not actually a reversal and a difficulty. It's Krishna coming into our life and bringing us home. There's a wonderful ashtakam by Manga Thakur called Churashtakam. And in it, he says, Krishna, you have taken away everything from me, my honor, my wealth, my position, my family. He said, you've taken everything from me, but The one thing you haven't taken away is yourself that I've captured you in my heart and you will never leave because I will keep you in there for lifetimes. So keep Krishna Mataji close to your heart all the time. Whenever difficulties come, chant and with love, trust, and faith always continue in the service to Krishna and he will bring us back home. The Pandavas were Krishna's own family and they went through so many difficulties. And they are our example to how we should always, even through the hardest difficulties that can come upon us, make the right choices. And the grace of Krishna will shine through your life. And he will empower you to live through the greatest problems in the happiest and freest way. And that you will eventually end up seeing the greatest difficulties in your life as the most amazing things. Right now in Srimad Bhagavatam class here in Alachua, we're reading uh, the prayers of Queen Kunti. Chapter eight is prayers of Queen Kunti. And uh, in it, she says, Kunti is the mother of the Pandavas of Arjuna and his brothers. And she's actually Krishna's aunt. And she says, she prays that these problems come again and again and again, because Krishna will always be with them through that. So we don't have to pray for that. Problems will come. We don't need to ask for more. But through it all, if we can just with love, trust, and faith, though and patience, those four things are fundamental. If we can carry on with those, we will see through all the storms, we grow deeper, we grow stronger, and eventually we're free. We're free from all the attachments of this world. We're free from our anarthas and the things that fill our hearts are love and gratitude and appreciation and joy and courage so don't ever be afraid face them as well as you can it's natural it's okay if you're afraid fear is not fear and courage are not opposites courage means that even in the face of fear we go forward so fear is okay the mind may trouble us in these situations but try it. As much as you can through yourself and through the strength of your family and those around you, through the association of devotees, through any difficulty, to just with faith, trust, and love keep going. So it's not scary. Uh, if we can just look at it the right way, it's actually the most amazing and wonderful thing that can happen in our life. Beautiful.
2: Thank you so much, Prabhuji. Thank you.
1: We've got uh, one last question from Keen. He asks, uh, what are your views on acting on
0: remedies for challenging placements in your astrological birth chart? Are they worth doing or can we just pray to Krishna instead? That's a very good question. So the answer to that question depends on who my, who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to some, there's a, shloka in the bhagavad-gita that says those who worship the demigods go to the planets of the demigods those who worship the fathers uh, or ancestors go to the planets of their ancestors Um, so it depends on what level somebody is there's some people whose understanding doesn't go past the level of uh, worshiping the demigods for material needs they're not ready to become devotees of krishna so for those people uh, certainly the best thing to do is to do some remedies that appease the particular demigods. Krishna is controller of all the demigods. If you're a devotee, um, if you continue to chant Krishna's name, that is the best thing. Now that doesn't mean we don't give great respect to all the demigods because they are servants of Krishna. They've been empowered to do their job. Like, One of the most common difficulties we see with planets is with Saturn. Saturn is a devotee of Lord Nisringadev, and he has his own prayer that we use as a remedy. That's actually a prayer to Lord Nisringadev. But as a devotee, the best thing to do is just continue to chant and allow Krishna to take control of your life. But for other people who are not at that level yet or in their family, Uh, some people from a Hindu background in their family when they have these problems they're used to doing remedial measures and for them I'll give some remedial measures that can be helpful but if you're focused in your spiritual life and you're a devotee just continue to chant.